Hey y'all, hey, what y'all doing? Tune in to Intimate Conversations presented by Food for the Soul Media Group on Hot 702.5 FM Radio every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. What's up with the news we don't hear about? We're talking about it. If you're wondering if the whole world is tripping or it's just you, we're talking about it. Who's that? Who said that? Can we say that? Should we say that? We just did. Download the app at MixLR on the Google Play Store or Apple Store or tune in live every week on www.hot7025fm.com, Facebook Live or YouTube. Intimate Conversations with me, Talitha Kume, every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Brought to you by Food for the Soul Media or Laid Worldwide. I am Talitha Kume and Bobby B. Beats. Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Intimate Conversations with your girl Talitha Kume presented by Food for the Soul Media Group on Hot 702.5 FM and we are live on our FB page, Food for the Soul, well we will be live in a minute. And I'm in the studio this afternoon with my special guest, Department 3 Judge Candidate Belinda T. Harris. Okay. for North Las Vegas Justice Court, Department Number Three, and I think we'll get into the uh, branches of the judiciary yeah, in the show. Yeah, we sure will. Um, so you guys stay tuned in, and we will be right back. This is Talitha Kume, and you're tuned in to Intimate Conversations, presented by Food for the Soul, Hot Seven O Two Five F. So um, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in this afternoon to Intimate Conversation with Talitha Kume, presented by Food for the Soul Media Group here on Hot 702.5 FM. And we are about to be live on our FB page as soon as I can find where I'm live on Hot 702.5. And then I'll go ahead and share it, you guys. But if you haven't already, go like our page, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube stations, Food for the Soul Media Group, Intimate Conversations. And remember, if you would like to be a part of our conversation, you can do so by calling in at 702-551-5261. And you can also comment on our Facebook page as well. And don't forget to hashtag us at hashtag food for the soul, you guys. And so as I am looking for this, I am going to talk about our topic for today, which is the three branches, but one tree is what I labeled it. So, you know, I don't know if y'all think my, my uh, titles are corny, but I like them. <laughs> and we have in the studio, my special guest, Miss Belinda T. Harris. Uh, Belinda, go ahead and introduce yourself to the good people. Uh, tell them who you are and what you do. Okay. Hello. Greetings, everyone. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. My name is Belinda T. Harris, and I am your candidate for North Las Vegas Justice Court Department number three. Um, I am currently, my name is currently on the ballot. My race is the last race at the end of your ballot, so I'm encouraging people to start at the bottom of the ballot because your local elections matter. Currently, I am a Chief Deputy Public Defender here in Clark County. I have been practicing law for about 14 years. I'm a career public defender. So what I do in my capacity as a public defender is I help and serve people. I protect the Constitution to make sure that all of our rights are protected on a daily basis. Um, I am a Las Vegas native who spent my childhood and grew up in North Las Vegas. I went to school on the East Coast. I went to Howard University. H U U no. And then I went to American University for law school. I practiced law a little bit in Philadelphia for about five years, and then I came on back home in 2011. And when I returned home, I moved right back to the neighborhood that I grew up in, um, in the community that molded me into the person I am today. So I am very fortunate to have my name on the ballot in my community that raised me. Um, and people are voting. Uh, early voting is until November, I mean October the 30th. Mm -hmm. And you can vote in person on November 3rd. And you can continue to mail in your ballot. It just has to be postmarked by November 3rd. Okay. So there are several ways to vote this year. Mm -hmm. Additionally, um, even if you are formally incarcerated, were classified, adjudicated as a felon, or have a criminal uh, record on parole or probation, you can vote this year, which is um, the first time that's happened in a long time. Shot. I mean, there's. I mean, one of the good brothers in my neighborhood, Otis, just did an interview on uh, Fox Five about him voting for the very first time. Wow. 
Um, I have some other friends who have voted for the very first time as well due to, uh, you know, some of their past things, their past, basically. It's just yeah. their past. And so you can vote. Um, so that is something that's also different. You have same-day registration now here in the state of Nevada. So we're, we're moving right along here. <laughs> I see that, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited for people who are exercising their uh, right for the first time because I know that it has to be um, exciting and bittersweet and all of that at the same time. You know, I'm sure people are emotional voting. Mm -hmm. It's just a, a whole lot going on, so I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the fact that, um, that uh, former uh, felons are able to, uh, oh, to I'm, I'm definitely excited yeah. about it. I, I think that, you know, being able to vote, as we know historically, yeah. has been tried to been taken away from black people and women mm -hmm. um, for a very long time with, with different things, literacy tests, um, you know, uh, just the law in general. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The law, literacy tests, things of those nature. So, it's very exciting to be here in Clark County where we are moving forward and, you know, making sure that everybody understands that their their voice matters and it. that their, their vote does matter. I dig it. Well, our theme for the month is fact versus fiction. And today we're talking about the government, y'all. And so, like I said, I named it three branches, but one tree. Um, and so over the years, not sure who is like me, but I promise you guys, I, I, I didn't forgot almost everything that I learned in school about the government, how everything works. Um, and if you're like me and you hated government in school, uh, then you kind of know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I just really didn't, I never got into it enough for it to stick, you know? Um, but, um, I, um, I, I don't want to sound dumb but i feel like i am because i just don't know a whole lot well you're when not it comes dumb. To politics you're not dumb. okay so. because listen i mean there i mean i'm a candidate and i'm yeah. learning stuff new every, every day. day wow about okay. elections how things work um mm -hmm. you know running a campaign yes things of that nature so you're not dumb okay at okay. all i mean there's so much to know and learn man and I'm, I'm more and more i am seeing that there is so much to know so much to learn and as i was saying last week you guys this is probably one of the biggest elections that we have had in many years if not the biggest one that we've had and so i asked belinda, belinda to come in and help us uh first tell us i mean to tell us about her platform and uh, hope that she can enlighten us on some of the terms and what the branches mean and so i looked up i had to relook up the three branches of the government and so i wrote down what it says that they do and then i'm going to ask belinda to really kind of help me clarify and explain how the processes work okay and so i, I looked up the legislative where there's three branches legislative ex executive and judicial correct correct okay and so the legislative are the people that make the laws Correct. And so um, they're made up of the the House of Representatives or the Senate, or are they the same thing? Are they the same thing? No. Okay. That's, they're different. Okay. And so the legislative are the people who make the laws. Then we have the executive, which are the people who basically carry out the laws, which is like the president, vice president. This is what it said, you guys, when I looked it up. Uh, vice president, the cabinet, whoever, you know, wh whatever they do. And so she's going to help me, you know, help us understand that. Mm -hmm. And then the last is the, the judicial, and they evaluate the laws like the Supreme Court. And so for the slow people like myself, can you explain how the process works in just like easy to understand terms for us? Well, the legislative, I think the, the, the biggest thing for us is that you have the um, legislative branch, okay, um, which is the Congress, which is House of Representatives and the Senate, okay, and they do make the laws, okay, and then you have the people who are essentially carrying out the laws, and then you have the judges who interpret it, interpret and evaluate the the laws that come before them, okay. So, for example, um, traffic tickets here. Mm -hmm. Um, we have different laws regarding different types of traffic tickets here. You have moving violations, mm -hmm. which is like maybe you didn't yield correctly, or you can have a um, speeding ticket, okay. um, or you can 
have something that where you're getting quoted for, I mean, cited for causing an accident or being involved in an accident. Okay. So th that branch will make the law, right? They, they impose the laws. They make the laws. They say this is the law for traffic tickets. This is how you have to be cited. This is how much the fines and fees will be, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then you could go before a judge, and the judge could interpret the law to mean one thing or another. Okay. And so I think that's the most easiest way to break it down um, okay. because judges do not make laws. Right. All, all judges do is follow the law. Um, that's all they do. They're okay. fair and impartial. Mm -hmm. They don't side with one party or the next. And they are supposed to follow the law and be fair. Um, and here we have an, our assembly people, we have our assemblymen and our senators, and they make the laws for our state. So okay. on the federal level, federal, once again, local elections matter. What's happening on the federal level is always important. But on the local level, these are the people who directly affect make the decisions that affect and that is exactly your, what i was gonna say so yes they're the people who directly affect your everyday life so i tell people all the time you're more likely to come in contact with the justice of a peace mm -hmm. and a police officer yes than you are anybody at the top of your ballot Okay. Because that's just the nature of society, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I live in North Las Vegas. You may bump into me at the grocery store. Right. You might mm -hmm. see me at church. Um, you may see me at a Little League uh, football game. You might see me at the Pearson Center working out. Mm -hmm. You are more likely to run into contact with the justice of the peace or a police officer than you are at anybody at the top of your ballot. Absolutely. So federal laws are what I call the ground and our state laws are the ceiling because the federal laws basically give you a platform of what you can or cannot do. Mm -hmm. And then the states go from there. So each state has its different laws. Um, one of the big things each state does differently, like here in the state in Clark County in Nevada, judges are elected. That doesn't happen everywhere that judges are elected. Wow. Okay. Some judges are appointed where there's an application and there's a panel or a commission mm -hmm. that appoints the judge. Here it's an it's an election. You you file, you can put you pick whichever department and also here in the state of Nevada, when you are filing, you have to pick a department. For instance, in Philadelphia where judges um or are elected or it used to be like this, I'm not sure if it's still like this, the top fifty people just ran. Okay. And who I mean I mean whoever wanted to run for judge ran and they like basically took maybe let's say the top fifty who won. Mm -hmm. And then they would get their different assignments and placements. Wow. So here you have to pick a department and say, I want to run in this department. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's an incumbent, which is the person who's already sitting there, or sometimes it's what they call an open seat, where the judge is leaving or retiring. retiring, And then you see who's in that seat and you pick the seat. Sometimes you pick the seat and a person will come into the race and you're like, this is where I'm staying. Or sometimes, you know, people move their seats around depending on if somebody gets in their race that they think they can't beat or will okay. be too viable. So there's many different aspects that come into it. So basically, I think the, the thing is, you know, there's a set that makes the laws. There's a set of people who are enforcing the laws. And there's a set of people who are interpreting the laws. And so that brings me to my next question then. So the president, he's not really... Is he implementing bills or removing bills, or is it the House or the Senate that's doing that? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, like if you, I'm saying if you break it down the way you I said think, it, it seems like. But then there's there's a thing called an executive order that sometimes the president can use okay. to basically be like, I'm the big kid on the block. And I'm going to use my powers to make this happen. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, both groups need to, you know, go from one set of place to the next set of place to pass okay. and get bills and laws and things of that nature. But okay. the president does have the executive power. Um, okay. And so as we see, depending on who's controlling what part of, mm -hmm. of the House mm -hmm. or the Senate or right. Things go differently, and so what you're saying, well, what I'm understanding and what I what I am interpreting is that the president has the opportunity to uh, to have a bill in his mind. Say he just decides, like you know what, I think that you know the nation, the country should do this, and he presents the bill, but he has to get it voted on 
by the House or the Senate, and then they help him pass it. But there's also a time where he can just have use his executive power to say, this is what we're going to do, and they have yes. no option. Yes, in okay. a sense, yes. Okay, okay. And so, again, <laughs> has he been implementing bills, this current president that we have, has he been implementing a lot of bills or has it been a combination of all of them working together? Um, because I want to give, I want to give, you know, if whatever we're blaming, let's blame it on the lot and not just the president or, or, or whatever. So a lot of these bills that are going on, is it him just saying, you know what, I want to take this away, I don't like that, I'm going to change this, or whatever, or is it him and all of the House saying, hey, um, we need to change this stuff, so let's go ahead and vote on it, and we finna change all this. You know what I'm saying? So I, just I think that what's happening, like I said, you know, um, so let me just say this. As a judicial candidate, mm -hmm. I'm nonpartisan. Okay. So I don't affiliate with any party whether Democratic or Republican or Libertarian or Independent, mm -hmm. because our races are nonpartisan here in the state of Nevada. Okay. So I don't affiliate with any party. Um, and what I can say for that question that you asked me is, mm -hmm. you know, I think that there's, a, a, unfortunately, a lot of politics going on okay. between the different parties. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't want to say who's to blame and who's not to blame, yeah. Because it's just a lot of politics going okay. on. Okay, and so and so in, in actuality, then we just really just don't know. And so that's that's the only question that I have. So like I'm saying, when we're when we're out there casting our votes, I just want everybody to have like a fuller picture of what's going on because we're blaming either a party or we're blaming a person, and that might not necessarily be the case. It might just be the whole gamut of, of everything together versus just, you know, you well, know what I'm saying? Well, I will say this. You can be, I mean, we walk around right now with uh, these phones, right? And right. I call them little computers mm -hmm. because you can do everything on these phones right. nowadays. So you can definitely be an informed voter mm -hmm. and you can, if you think that something is not right or you're wondering why something is happening or, you know, was it a particular bill or who did what and who said she and, and mm -hmm. things of that nature, you right. can definitely do a little bit of research okay. and a little bit of fact-checking on that. Mm -hmm. um, so back again, I think, um, you know, we always like to focus what's happening at the top of the ballot. Mm -hmm. I think that um, it's very important that we don't forget and remember the bottom of the ballot. Right. Because a lot of times you know exactly what's going on on the top of the ballot. You know who the candidates are. Mm -hmm. You know their parties. You know when they're debating. Mm -hmm. You know a lot of information about them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because they we're being inundated with right. that. And they're so, publicized. And right, promoted, but yeah. because they have the resources, right, mm -hmm. because it's, it's something that affects the nation. Right. But I also like to tell people, you know, you have to make sure that you're paying attention to your local elections as well. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not paying attention to your local elections, then you don't know what's going on right in your backyard. And so that's one of the things that I've been trying to make sure that people get engaged with because, for example, on your ballot this year, there's about, I think it's like 58 or something judges on your ticket, on your ballot. And most people are like, I don't know who any of these people are. Right. Right? But these are the people that you're most likely to come in contact with. But at the top of your ballot, you can tell me first name, last name, how many mm -hmm. kids they got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who's, who's married, who's single, who did what, who said this. And so I think that we have to pay attention to that. Be prime example, Absolutely. we just recently lost a Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. And so there's nominations going on for another Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm. Well, you just don't become a Supreme Court justice, right? You just don't wake up in the morning, graduate from law school, and be like, yes, I'm a Supreme Court justice. Okay. What happens is you start practicing on a local level, um, whether you win a local election or you get appointed, and then you start to you know, be on the judiciary in that capacity. But it all starts at a local level. And then as things progress, maybe you do get the appointment or you apply or your name gets thrown into the hat. But that's why it's so important that we start at the bottom of the ballot because you can't get to the top if you don't know what's happening at the, the bottom. bottom. And so... And that's what I was going to ask you. The 
where do the local court, where do you all fall in the branches? So once the the Supreme Court, like I've 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 just you know I've watched movies, so I really don't know because I haven't been in court systems that much at all to know how they operate. So the local court level, you guys handle local issues correct or right local so issues. what happens is the so we have a supreme court here so mm-hmm. the courts here are there two lower courts which is justice court the position i'm running for and then okay. we have municipal court justice and court. they're they're the lower courts okay. and then from there from justice court um you can go to what they call district court mm-hmm. and then from district court you can go to the court of appeals and from the court of appeals you can go to the nevada supreme court okay and that's basically how the system works so in justice court on a criminal matter, let's talk about uh, criminal matters first. On a criminal matter, if you're first arrested, um, to determine if if the charges that the state is um, accusing you are accusing you of, if you're actually going to be charged with them, whether it's probable cause for the case to be in the system, that's determined by the justice of the peace. Okay. Um, and then if that happens, it goes up to district court, and those are only for felonies and gross misdemeanors. Okay. Um, gross misdemeanors carry 364 days here in Clark County and felonies there are different ranges um, and classifications but they do carry prison time okay and so you go up to district court and that's where you would have a jury trial Um, you would do your motions to suppress you make sure that you have all the discovery that's where that happens in district court if you are unhappy with the district court with your sentence if you get convicted you can appeal it and then it can go to the court of appeals or it can go to the u.s supreme court okay i mean to the nevada supreme court um and from there if the case if you're still not happy you work the case up to the united states supreme court so united states supreme court hears cases that come from local Local places well i mean well from Mm -hmm. states Mm -hmm. right um what's a um Loving versus Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, which is the case that says people can marry who they want to marry. Right. That case came from the state of Virginia when they said that interracial people couldn't marry and date, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that case, after they litigated it on a state level, it went all the way up to the U- United States Supreme Court, and that's why we have it. Okay. Um, so that's how the system kind of works. Um, and that's basically how a lot of states work, in okay. a sense. Okay. I can get with that. Okay, and so I don't know what that is. Yeah, I'm like, what is that? I do. Oh, okay. That's what that is. And they hung up on me. That's what that was. <laughs> you guys, I am new. <laughs> that was probably my second call, and I didn't know what it, we were. She was just talking, and I'm hearing this. Dum, dum. Yeah, I'm like, Sound like is somebody that? is at the door. So hopefully um, that person will call back. But call back um, during our break. Okay, and I have to answer it from there. Okay. Got it. See, so I'm learning. I'm learning every day, you guys. So thank you so much for clearing that up. I have a comment. Are they calling back in? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sliding this first and then I'm unmuting, right? Okay. So you guys, we have a caller and I am answering the phone caller. You are on the air with Talitha Kume with Food for the Soul, Intimate Conversations on Hot 702.5. May I ask who I'm speaking with? This is Dr. Dillard Allen Scott. Dr. Dr. Dillon, I, I saw your post, and so um, what did you want to ask? You have a question you want to ask Miss Belinda? She, he said, I, I love you, Judge. And I love I, you I, back. I love, her. I um, love you. I just wanted to send good, positive energy her way. Uh-huh. This is somebody who we definitely need on the municipal court. Um, Dr. Uh, Belinda is, is, a, is a wonderful person. I just want to go ahead and uh, publicly offer my full throttle endorsement of her folks get out and vote yes. need her on the bench yes so and i want to also let her know I, I love you belinda i love you too doctor thank you for that i appreciate that that i just love it thank you so much thank you so <laughs> much now, Mr. Like Scott. Smiling super okay high. yeah that's why i was smiling over here earlier because he said i love you judge <laughs> thank you so you much have a good one. okay thank you bye-bye bye-bye that's so, one me, of the yeah, let me Okay. That's one of the beauties too of yeah. um I'm gonna get them up. That's one of the beauties of running in your community mm-hmm. when you are engaged with different people in the yeah. community. 
they they know you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people in North Las Vegas know me my whole life. Mm -hmm. They know me from when I was a little girl and my trials, my tribulations, wow. my good, my bad, and my ugly. They've watched um, you grow yeah, up. Yeah, they've watched. Yeah. That's why mm -hmm. I always say these are the people who molded me and raised me into the person I am today. Mm -hmm. um, they've seen me. They know me. Um, you know, they've seen me pretty and dolled up and they see me in my workout clothes with my hair yeah. tied back yeah <laughs> so yes. that's one of the the beauties of that and, and it and it helps to know that you're a real person oh yes because <laughs> it, it it will feel like now okay well we have this real person running that we've seen and so once she gets into office then i i feel like she's going to be real in how she handles situations and be a little bit uh, more understanding of the dynamics of everything because, you know, I've seen her, you know, like I said, I've seen her at the gym. I've seen her at the store. So she knows how all these things affect everybody because she's in the same streets that we are. I, I think yeah. so. I, I mean, I feel like that is that is one of the reasons why I ran because I mm -hmm. always say to myself, how can the law be fairly applied if the person who is administering the law right. doesn't understand where the people appearing before them are coming from absolutely they have no idea um one of my good friends leslie turner and i can't remember who said the quote but she always resays it um shout out to her plan mm -hmm. mass liberation or um the the impacted people who are the closest to the problem are also the closest to the solution because they're the people who are being impacted by the different problems so of course they should we have to be able to listen to get the solution and yeah. I think that's one of the things that it's it's happening right now I yeah, think you know sense. things like that because also when you have real people running who are qualified because mm -hmm. I also have the necessary qual qualifications, qualifications. Mm -hmm. and requirements to put my name on the ballot to be justice of the peace I do have a juris doctorate mm -hmm. I do practice law mm -hmm. I am a lawyer mm -hmm. I've been doing it for the amount of time that's required but having that balance I think also you know, can help restore the confidence in the in system. People. Yeah. Because I feel like right now the, the confidence in our system has not yeah. been lost tremendously. Absolutely. And I think it's time that we begin to restore it and, mm -hmm. and get it back to the people. Another quote I always say is that the power of the people will always be more than the people who are in power. It's just if the people will exercise, like yes, if the people will exercise their power mm -hmm. to make sure that that happens. Absolutely. Um, so I completely agree. <laughs> I like both of the quotes. I really, really do. You guys, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to change gears a little bit. If you're listening, you're tuned in to Intimate Conversations with Talitha Kume on Hot 702.5. And remember, for all of your event planning and interior design needs, hit up Create Me Memorable Experience. You can find the owners, Jasmine and Charles Orr, on all of their social media handles at Create Me LV, and we will be right back after this short break. Thinking about the world, looking at the nation, suicide, genocide, homicide. Three words come to mind, times are changing, yeah. No more rumors, there are wars going on. Thinking about on. the world, looking at Twisted the nation. Doctor, scientists making clones. Suicide, genocide. Economy got some backs against the wall. Three words come People to mind. for no reason at all. Times are changing. People of God don't even read their Bibles. No more rumors, there are wars going There's no on. Faith, no trust in the world. Just a doctor, scientists making clones. But everybody seems to be voting scripture. Economy got some backs against the wall. It's just another word they heard. People dying for no reason at all. Pastors leaving pulpits cause they're tired. People of God don't even read their Bibles. It's all based on how we feel. There's no faith, no trust Overheard in the word. But everybody seems to be quoting scripture. It's just another I'm word just they heard. Pastors leaving pulpits because they're tired. Sometimes I can't it's all based see, on how we feel. Overheard care. two people speaking the other day. One said that God's not real, but I'm just one of them more people who's got a hold on. Sometimes I can't see, but I still believe. Taking care of me. 
believes keeping me alive. Yeah. So many disappointments. So I choose to look on the brighter side. So much I don't understand. Of all the negativity I'm surrounded by. So much I don't have answers. No, it ain't perfect, but that's alright. That's what makes me trust. Cause his hand is on me. It's keeping me alive. In a world that's always changing. So many disappointments. So much I don't understand. No what's going on. So much I don't I'm have answers for. I'ma be holding on. That's what makes me trust you more. Your truth, truth, my In a world that's always changing. God, my God, Everything's rearranging. I one thing but no matter what's going on, on I'ma be standing. I'ma be holding on. So, uh, well, this is just a side question because this is not on my notes, but side question. So, will do you think once you get into office, will you be seeing a lot of eviction cases? And how is that going to be to try and handle those which, you know, some of them is just simply COVID happened? Well, as a judge, clearly I can't tell you how I would rule. Right. I have to look at each one of the facts of the case. Individually. Individually, mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. um, see, you know a lot. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but I do think that there will be a lot of eviction cases. Mm -hmm. um, the Supreme Court of Nevada has issued out some rules okay. um, to try to um, assist with Good. different evictions. Good. Okay where people are not getting taken advantage of on, on either side, though, right? right? Whether right. it's the landlord or it's or the, the tenant, mm -hmm. that nobody, you know, should be getting taken advantage of, that everybody can get their fair shake. Okay. Because in certain cases, it is the fact that COVID happened. I do know that recently there was some additional funds provided mm -hmm. to make people get caught up on their rents okay. where you could get it paid directly to the landlord. Right. I believe that's through Social Services. Commissioner Weekly just hosted an event on that on I believe it was Thursday no I think it was Wednesday okay um or maybe it was Tuesday I think it was Tuesday that mm -hmm. he hosted an event with that type of information and it was provided that they have recently streamlined the process got more funds because that that's that's a people pro problem right mm -hmm. um having the basic necessities of you know food shelter yeah. You know what I mean? Those things help make us better society if we all can have those basic necessities. Absolutely. So I do think that there will be a lot of evictions, but I do think that as a community we'll be able to work through it. Okay. I think there will be some resources that will be provided. And like I said, I know the Nevada Supreme Court gave out basically instructions, rules, okay. to help monitor and uh, help the courts you know, make sure that everything's going to be okay with that, hopefully. Okay. okay. Well, um, I, I want to ask about average crime statistics. That was my next question. And so do you know or do you have in mind possibly an average of crime statistics here in Las Vegas or North Las Vegas and, and some states or cities, cities rather, that have mainly African-American or Latino communities. Do you think that the crime statistics are higher in those communities, or are they pretty much the same all around, well, even even in your um, your suburb I, neighborhood? Well, I think that, oh, that's a loaded question. I think that there, a lot goes into that, because okay. I think that in a lot of neighborhoods where um, 
their different economic status okay. that sometimes they can be over policed um, and a lot of those narr- those pockets of, of places where there's that poverty are people of color mm-hmm. um, whether they be black or Latino um, so I do think that I mean and the stats show us that there are um, you know the, the population what the population is mm-hmm. is majority um, black and Latinos okay. in, in the criminal justice system we, we do have those stats um, so I think that, you, and, and we've been seeing it now with a lot of the civil unrest, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the things that are problems that we need to correct and things that we need to do better. Um, and, you know, services that maybe need to be provided. Like, for instance, here in Clark County, a big one is mental health. And we don't have a lot of resources for mental health um, to help. Um, when a person is having a psychotic break or, you know, an episode in in a sense where they're not going into the criminal justice system under the the criminal, but making sure that they kind of get the help that they need to make sure that we're just not, I call it warehousing somebody because they're sick. Mm -hmm. So I think that we're getting better, but I think we could always do better. And I think that that is, I, I, I can see the shift right now that's happening where people are more looking at um, alternative sentencing instead of sending people to prison, Mm -hmm. the alternative sentencing. We have um, specialty courts here in Clark County uh, where, you know, they have been getting more resources. Um, Actually, the court hired a a hearing master to hear over these cases where they do this just full time to make sure that people, you know, that the doctors are doing what they're supposed to be doing, that the clients are doing what they're supposed to be doing. So I do think it's it's a group effort. Um, I mean, the stats speak for themselves. We have a lot of data, information, statistics on who's in the system, why they're in the system, um, the things that are happening in these pockets of different neighborhoods. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the stats are there. Mm -hmm. So, Um, Well, my next question was specifically, I think you just hit on it a little bit, but as a candidate for judge, what policies and laws do you want to see change? in the judicial system or across the country? Well, as a judge, clearly I'm here to follow the law. Right. But one thing that I think that we could do, and I've been saying this, is be a little more proactive instead of reactive. I think if we start to, once again, like a a problem with mental health, right? Like I would want if if somebody was coming before me and and you could clearly see that the issue at hand is their mental health Mm -hmm. and that this person isn't... um, you know, just need some type of assistance, I would hope that we could be proactive in saying this, identifying the problem and getting a solution so we don't have to be reactive on the back end. Because okay. a lot of times we, whether it's resources or, you know, we the person doesn't want to or it's not identified readily, we don't address these issues and these problems up front. And then we deal with them on the back end. Right. You know what I mean? So I would want to just be a little more proactive instead of reactive and that's one of the things that I plan on doing. The judicial canon say that judges are supposed to be out in the community and mm-hmm. making sure that they understand what's going on with the community and the needs. Um, it's my community, and I'm all, I'm active. And you're and already I, here. Yes, yeah. I'm already here. I'm already active, and I plan on remaining that way to hopefully be able to have the conversations to make sure that we can be proactive instead of reactive mm-hmm. and make sure that we get some resources and that everything that the court has is being used and till it's fullest Mm -hmm. because a lot of times in the court system there are some things that could be done that are just not being done because it takes a lot of work to get it done (laughs) well that specialty court though that sounds really interesting and it seems like that's a great idea for them to go to those type of courts to even see it seems like if it should come to your court you know to for them to okay let me listen to this and then okay well we're going to go ahead and send that to the, what is it, the just So I am like the foundation, uh-huh. right? I'm the feet. So it all starts with me. Okay. So after you see, after I see a case or the attorneys Oh, then come, you send them there. Okay. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the attorneys become before us and we're able to identify what it mm-hmm. is or ask the appropriate questions. Okay. Then you can start to help the person get the resources. So okay. justice court is the foundation. It's Got basically it. the so fee. Yes, it's, I'm. It starts with me. Okay. And justice court is a court of equity. Well, then that means that as a judge, then you really have to be. Um, you have to be a caring person 
who wants to see justice done, period. Like you said, the equity. So if it's somebody that comes before you and then you say, you know what, you have the option to send them to this specialty court and say, you know what, I'm going to, do you have that option to send well, them there? Yeah, or? a lot of times the yeah. attorneys negotiate the cases. Okay. So, But I think that I have the opportunity to ask the questions Okay. to, um, you know, make sure that people are given a fair shake in right. the courtroom Okay. to make sure that we're not just pushing a person through um, as another number. Yes. If there's clearly something that's going on or something that's being expressed. Right. I, you know, you can slow the train down or speed it up, right? Mm -hmm. And you can still be efficient while doing that. Okay. Um, so I, I do agree with your statement is that you have to want to do and be better, you mm -hmm. know? And that's one of the reasons why I picked to not only because it's my community, but in North Las Vegas Justice Court, there are some things that are happening there now that um, I don't believe the law is being followed there. Okay. And it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And so it's something that needs to be addressed. Okay. And how important do you think it is to have diversity in the courts? And I'm talking about women, African-Americans, Latinos, Asians, and especially African-American men in the court system. I'm talking uh, lawyers, judges. How important do you think that is for people like us who you know, we're the normal citizen and we need them. So I feel like I need to see some people looking like me, period. And and so how how important do you think that is? I think it's extremely important. Yeah. It's, it's up there with one of the things that I think is most important. Mm -hmm. So representation matters. Mm -hmm. And when you are picking, say you are doing a jury trial, mm -hmm. you are allowed to have people of your peers. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people are, when we're picking them, they're like, uh, Miss Harris, where are the people that are my peers that look mm -hmm. like me? Right that come from where I come from, that are in my same economic status, my same social class. Mm -hmm. You know, where are the people who are like me? So I do think that representation matters because I do think that, like I spoke about restoring the confidence in, in the system, right? I think it makes a big difference when you walk into the courtroom because coming into court is scary. Whether you there on a traffic ticket, mm -hmm. <laughs> I've been in there on a divorce. Right. I was you know, about so to I, say yeah, it could be a, a divorce. It could be a traffic ticket. It could it. be a divorce. Yeah. It could be you there supporting someone else. It mm -hmm. could be, um, it could be a small claims. Court is a very uncomfortable place. Um, it's just kind of like when the police gets behind yeah. you. Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer and I don't have any criminal record. And when they get behind me, my palms get sweaty. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very uncomfortable. So I just think that is it's extremely important because when you come into a courtroom and you see someone who looks like you, who you can identify with, who you can be re relatable to, I think that helps the the process in the system be more effective and more efficient um, for everybody because representation matters. We have to have what I call cultural competency. And if we don't have that cultural competency, then, you know, and it's not only diversity, as you said, as in gender, race, um, social status, gender identity, but also in your thought process, right? Yeah. Um, because... Life brings about different challenges for different people. And some of it is based upon race and gender or gender identity. Um, and some of it is based upon economic status or social status or who knows who and how much money you got or mm -hmm. things of that nature. So I think it's extremely important because representation matters. I think that, like you said, I, I, I do believe that, you know, when you come into a courtroom, into a courthouse, there should be some people that look like you. Um, especially when, you know, a lot of the people who are being served look like you. So I have a follow-up question to that, and that's also not on my paper. <laughs> so tell the good people why it is so important for us to serve on juries. Please tell, because what I see, because I, I, I don't think that I've, I think I've been to a jury selection once, and I was not chosen. I was there all day. I didn't like it. I was. It was just, you know, just inconvenienced, whatever. But do you believe that there's not a lot of us or women or African-American men or whatever that are in the courtroom looking like the people who are possibly going to uh, be sentenced 
because we're afraid for some reason. We're afraid to serve on jury duty or we're, you know, are, are we applicable to serve on jury duty? Like, why do we not see a lot of our peers when we're going into these cases? Well, I think uh, you got to ask yourself that because mm-hmm. you just said it was an inconvenience. Yeah, it was. It, it so, was. And so, and so you think about it, it's an inconvenience for you. I mean, I don't know what you had to do for that. Right. Day, mm-hmm. But this person's life's on the line. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I have those conversations all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just... I, I don't know why. I mean, I know that there's a distrust in the system. I understand why there's a distrust in the system. Um, but I think that sometimes people don't understand that this person's life on the line. Where mm-hmm. it may have been an inconvenience for you and your hair appointment, mm-hmm. this person is literally fighting for their for their liberty, mm-hmm. right? When they're doing a jury. Or, I mean, jury trials also happen when they're civil, big civil claims, right? Okay. So it could be liberty or money or they've been harmed in some, some type of way or ab- accused of harming someone in some type of way. So I think that... I think that sometimes in society we just don't really realize or think mm-hmm. about things unless it, they believe it directly affects you. Okay. Um, and so I think that might be part of the problem, but I think that, you know, unfortunately COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the, the good things about COVID is everybody was kind of in a standstill. Mm-hmm. So everybody was able to see things that maybe they didn't see before. Never, never. I mean, I'm talking like <laughs> like scholars, like scholars right now. Like there's so many of us who are like, what? Right. Now, now we telling people stuff and, and only because we're excited because we really didn't know. No, right. This COVID situation for me, Belinda, I promise you, I have been... So I've been afraid, I've been sad, I've been all of these things because there's so many things that I'm finding out now that rock my world because I did not know. I was completely ignorant. Uh, there are some things I found out that were blatant lies. Where I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So I've been believing this all these years and it's this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been a whole, whole lot. And so I was just asking the question because, like I said, I was inconvenienced, of course. I just felt that way because I was there all day long and then I didn't get picked. I'm like, oh, man. So right. some and people you're... some people might feel like me. Right. Some people might be like, dang, I got to be there all day. And then like, they, if they don't even choose me, then I right. got to go back to the house and I didn't miss a right. day of pay. You know, so I'm just wondering why that that and might I think be the that, case. I yeah. think that's why. I yeah. think because, you know, it, it messed up your routine. And they don't and, know the extremity of what is at stake. Right. They don't know, like, hey, they should be pick me for jury duty because I want to help some person if they are innocent. I want to help make sure that I understand where this person was coming from. And if I live in the same community or I possibly have been through what they've been through, then I can understand, okay, that's why he did. Okay, well, I don't think he, I don't right. think he did that. Well, and that's, yeah. and it, it is, it's, it's, it's your civic duty as yes. well, right? As mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of your civic duties. Okay. Um, and so I, I do, I just think it's sometimes it can, it can mess up your routine mm-hmm. and it can be, it can be an inconvenience, and but I always, yeah. And I always just tell people, but you know, this person that's fighting for their liberty Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, on a civil claim, mm-hmm. the person, whoever it is, everybody deserves a fair shake and everybody, mm-hmm. uh, uh, deserves to have people of their peers. Um, not only, like I said, race, gender, um, but also thought. Yeah. Every, thought every, yeah. Everybody deserves that. And I think you owe it to your next person to, to do that. Cause I can be the same race, same gender. And my thought process is all Could way be completely yeah, different left field. Yeah. And so we are about to get out of here. I only have about four minutes left, but, uh, Belinda, tell us why, why we should vote for you. <laughs> you should vote for me because I will be bringing diversity and inclusion to the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, not only as a black woman who is a career public defender who is from the neighborhood, but also as a, a diverse perspective and thought. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I think you should vote for me because I am the better candidate. And me and my opponent are just completely different. And, like, I've been campaigning over a year. You can find out more about me at www dot belinda my name b-e-l-i-n-d-a the number four judge.com okay. i'm also on facebook at um, and instagram belinda four judge or belinda t harris mm-hmm. and um you can see the groups that i'm endorsed by you can see the work that i do in the community um and 
my work ethic is unmatched and you can see the things that I've already done for the community. Okay. So I believe that's why you should vote for me. Um, Belinda T. Harris, bold, tough, and honest. Yeah, um, You're a like candidate that. for North Las Vegas Justice Court Department 3, and thank you for having me today. Oh, my goodness. It was a pleasure. I am. Uh, I was excited to have you on, and I'm glad that you cleared a lot of that stuff up for myself and anyone else out there listening or who's going to listen to the playback and helping us understand how the law works so we will be more educated when we start to go out um, and vote, you guys. So um, go out and vote. Um, and again, when you do, don't vote emotionally. That's what I say. Uh, we need to look at all the issues. Let's fact check and then make our decision on what we as individuals believe, you guys. Um, early voting is through the 30th. And they have so many places you can go vote. Uh, I brought this thing with me, but I can't even read all of them off. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be voting unless you can't vote. You can also, um, at the early voting, you can drop your mail-in ballot off at any voting center. So that way you don't have to stand in line. And you can go to www.clarkcountynv.gov forward slash vote uh, for all of your early voting stations so you can find out exactly where they are. And so, again, we thank you, Belinda, for coming in. Thank uh, you. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember to catch us live every Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on Hot 702.5 FM Radio. Catch us live on the M-I-X-L-R downloaded from Google Play or Apple Store. That's the app. And watch us live on FB on Hot 702.5 or Food for the Soul Media Group, catch our Rewind show on Anchor or Spotify at Food for the Soul Media Group. And then make sure you guys tune in next Monday for our Movie Mondays at 6 p.m. on FB Live with Bobby B and I. We're going to be discussing the movie Candyman. So that should be really interesting because he's never seen it before. Um, so our show has been sponsored in part by Vicky Vic Trail Clothing Line, and they'll be hosting a launch party. Go to www.vicky victrail.com for more info create m-e-l-v isla cole the stylist and orlay worldwide and it's your girl talitha kume giving you something to talk about and we are out Dedicate the song to all